Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for following and listening to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. Today I have Jamie Arroyo with me. She is a board certified family nurse practitioner and one of my most requested guests. So I'm really excited to have you here today, Jamie. Thank you so much. I didn't know that last part. That's yes. <laughs> what an honor. When, when I asked for suggestions, your name came up probably, I'm not kidding either, probably 10 times. Oh, wow. I well, know. I know. Good. You're, you're getting your name out there. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So tell me, just give me a quick rundown of your bio. Yeah. Um, so I am a family nurse practitioner, like you said. Um, I kind of chipped away at it because I was a mom. and um, <clears throat> But I had so many people saying, I need, you need to keep going or, you know, you need to, um, we need care like you want to give. Uh, so I, I tipped away at it for, I don't know, probably five years. Um, I have been in the healthcare industry since I was 19. I'm not going to tell you how old I am now. <laughs> um, but it has definitely been my heart, something I knew I wanted to do from the time I was very young and never swayed from that. Um, and so being a nurse practitioner now, um, something also I never really wanted to do was own my own clinic. Um, or I should say part own my clinic. Um, but that became something that was a need. Um, I serve a really specific demographic and um, I'm really happy to, to do so. So um, I am integrative. I don't like hold an official certification that says that I am, um, but a lot of my training um, was in integrative health. And boy, am I so glad um, that that was the case. I was really, really fortunate um, to have eight different preceptors in, I think it was four or five different locations um, when I did my practicums. And the rest of my um, just friends in school were just struggling to get one. And so to have that many, I just knew um, the Lord was showing me some favor and um, preparing me for something very specific. And now that I, you know, see this brick and mortar um, manifestation of a lot of steps of faith, it's, it's like, aha, <laughs> this is what this was for. So that's a little bit of my backstory. Yeah, your plan was kind of laid out for you. Yeah, obviously I didn't know that. Yeah, we never do <laughs> um, of it. But anytime you're doing um, anything like this, it's a it's a big leap of faith. So, so tell me about the practice in general. How does Hopewell work? What does it look like? Yeah, um, so we are a family practice, and that part is really important to me. Um, I love having moms, dads, the brothers, the sisters, even aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas. Um, we see entire families. Um, and that is, that's really special to me, um, specifically because when we are treating patients, um, we are treating whole families. It's hard to disconnect one person from their family unit. And so when I can see everything at play, um, it really does, um, like open your eyes as to what could be playing into what. And so when we're doing holistic care and comprehensive care, we're not just talking about doing that with one individual. We like to do that with families. Of course we see individuals too, but I just think that's a really cool part of what we have to offer um, is that we do, you know, see entire families here. And it's precious when grandma and grandpa are there are holding that new newborn and um, the care has extended from like the baby to the grandma. It's, it's really, really precious. So yeah. It seems so much more comprehensive. It is. And I think outcomes are better because quite honestly, when I, I have people who have like a hard time um, adhering to say a diet change, I hear so often, um, well, when I send them to this person's house, 
you know, they don't adhere to it because they don't understand it or um, it's just too hard or they don't understand the value. And value comes after you educate. And so when I have the whole family, you know, there eventually each for a visit and I've educated every single one of them, um, I think outcomes are just so much better. I love that. Value comes after you educate. That's just yeah. what I said, right there. Yeah. Uh, when we talked a couple of weeks ago, one of the things that just struck home with me is you were very decisive about your location. Yeah. Opportunity to grow your clinic and you decided to stay out east. And I live out east too, and there's just not as many things or offerings for help yeah. out here. So mm -hmm. kind of tell me what led to that choice. Um, so I do um, also volunteer with a non-for-profit called Global Outreach Development International. <clears throat> and um, we serve um, a population um, that is not as fortunate, both here and abroad. Um, and I do have people that come from all over Nashville, even different states. So we're not exclusively just serving people from the East, but this is where I, we chose to to plant ourselves. Um, originally, I like uh, the clinic started in literally what what used to be a bathroom in a old school building, and I'm not kidding. Whole families came and saw me there. Which now that I think back, I'm like, <laughs> were they crazy? Value <laughs> <laughs> the <value> there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, and so, and then we graduated to a bigger suite as our clientele grew and it was really comfy and cozy. Um, we packed them in like sardines and um, the actual building itself is a historical building. It was a school, um, a segregation school um, that was for black children and that side of the railroad, there's a railroad track that you cross, was literally called Blacktown. Um, and so <laughs> that particular neighborhood that we were in, it's called Hopewell. It was not, it was a rough place just even 10 years ago. Um, and part of just my greater mission, and I think even the nonprofit's greater mission, is just to transform people and transform communities. And so it was really important that the people who are like marketed to, like Happy Meals and um, you know, medication and, you know, they, they don't have as many of the resources as maybe even you or I were afforded. For me, it was really, really important and just even part of my faith to make my type of care available to them as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's even something like, I am a big person of faith. Um, I think that if we were going to look, look at a historical healer, Jesus is probably one of the best ones. He like, his ministry was healing. And so if I just look at his, his ministry objectively, he was like always bringing the people from the outside in. Um, that was like a big thing is including. And um, I've been like even presently surprised with how social media has gone um, to where I do feel like this healthcare community in the Nashville area is all about including and people are trying to bring other people in. Um, and that is just, that's like basic human rights that everybody should be afforded. And so um, if our practice has a hand in that, I just feel like job accomplished. Um, I will have, I'll die happy. <laughs> yeah, we could stop the podcast right here. That is enough. And that's gorgeous. What you just said. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> that's so needed. And that's part of the struggle I think too, is being able to keep a clinic open, but provide services to people, to everybody, you know? Yeah. I think it's not maybe the most business savvy move, um, <laughs> but that's not, that's not the whole shebang right. um, for me. Um, and definitely I know that other people who helped founded the clinic feel entirely the same. In fact, um, can't say enough about our owner, Greg Garner, who, uh, really even just pushed me to become a nurse practitioner, saw it in me, um, and, um, also taught me a lot of the Bible too. So this is his heart too. Um, and every single medical assistant here, um, nurse practitioner, manager, um, we all share the same mind. So when you have a team like moving together, um, this is a goal that does become a possibility. So, 
Yeah. It's a true vision. Very thankful for my team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Y'all have built this vision of what you want your business to run like and what you want it to look like. Yes. I think draws in a certain type of clientele too. Well, I think people can feel our genuine care and it is genuine. Um, there's days I'm sure it's like very hectic for everybody to get their kids out the door into school and maybe you got breakfast or maybe you didn't. Um, but I know that everybody shares a mind and shares a faith and that is what um, makes us people of character, which makes us trustworthy um, medical providers, which makes us caring medical providers, which keeps us from getting jaded, which I saw so much in my, you know, career so far. Um, this is not a easy industry to be in and to keep your heart on your sleeve in this industry is like <laughs> times a thousand, not easy. Um, but we do it. And I think it's because we, we share a mind, um, and share a faith. So. I think what you brought up there with healthcare, just getting jaded, it's so easy to do. But one thing also that's sort of related, but a little different is burnout as a healthcare professional. Yeah. What was the last thing you said? Burnout. Oh, burnout. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, when I worked in the CCU, um, there was, and maybe this is a little bit too like, um, sensational. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessary for the topic, but I literally had seven different coworkers be excused for drug abuse. Wow. Um, and I think it's because it's very difficult. Like we're talking about like watching people go through the hardest things in their lives mm -hmm. ever. Um, and so I think you either, um, yeah, you get burnt out and you leave the industry, you abuse something, you know, there's a lot of things out there. Um, you, um, your relationships and your family might suffer. Um, or like in my case, <laughs> I cling to my faith. <laughs> I do. It's like, I don't know. Some people may be into that. Maybe, maybe not, but it is what keeps me, you know, trucking along and, and working and um, keeping my hand to the plow. So, yeah. yeah. I think it's something that has to be touched on in our field because it is yeah. hard. Yeah. It's hard, like you said, if you care and you wear your emotion on your sleeve and you give your best day in and day out. Yep. You have to have that why, whether it's your faith or whatever other reason. Yeah. And a lot of people have, have their thing. Um, and you have to. And you have to be intentional. Um, so, and carry that intentionality with everything you do, whether it's your time with your family, your time at work with that patient, um, or whatever, whatever your day brings. Yeah. Well, let's get into some of the kind of meat and potatoes here. Sure. Uh, when yeah. I sat down with you, you kind of blew me away as far as the talk on gut health. And I realized <laughs> how little I actually know about gut health. It's yeah. so popular. It's just everywhere right now. We hear gut health everywhere, but I'm not sure we're getting the right information. Yeah, um, it is a very um, dense topic, um, meaning it, it can just go and go and go. Um, it is also probably my favorite, favorite topic. Yeah. <laughs> so I might nerd out for a second. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the gut um, is a very, very complex organ. I think most people think that it's responsible for our digestion and um, food goes in, food goes out, and that's about it. Um, but it is responsible for so much. Um, so we, we, another name for the gut is called the microbiome. And the microbiome, I like to talk about it as kind of almost this under the sea environment, uh, where there's all these species, uh, and you can call them fish if you want to, if it makes, you know, you go with the, the imagery, but all these species of good bacteria. Um, and they are all responsible for another job. So um, lactobacillus is responsible for digesting dairy. Saccharomyces boulardii is responsible for keeping yeast at bay. Um, bifidobacterium is responsible for helping us get over GI bugs. Um, and um, Firmicutes is responsible for weight control. Like I, I could keep on going. Um, but the point is that every single bacteria does a function. And if you are missing that bacteria, you will not do that function. Um, so the microbiome is something that 
we need to take care of. It's probably the organ system we, we don't think about, um, but it is probably one of the most vital to survival. Um, there's a lot of things that can injure the microbiome. So just even stress can injure the microbiome. Um, our food industry, um, unfortunately, like getting let down over and over and over again as I find what is in our food. Um, but even just from like seed to store, um, corn, gluten, um, then the animals that eat those things. So like cow, so your dairy or chicken, so your eggs. Um, often contain Roundup or what is also called glyphosate. And that is a toxin that is sprayed on all of those crops in addition to several other things. So the average is that most of those products get sprayed zero to 10 times from seed to store. Wow. Um, and so that product that you're eating is not unadulterated. It is really rough and it kills off your microbiota. Um, you know, sugar is a component, obviously medication, um, and not just antibiotics, things like Tylenol, steroids, um, you know, it is, it is average that one dose of, or not one dose, but, um, one, um, round of azithromycin, um, will kill off your microbiota for two years and it takes two years to recover from that. Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, you think about cold season and most people, um, will get at least one round and then they are put at a disadvantage for a very long time. So what else comes from the gut? Um, even modulation of hormones is there. So like if people are having any sort of reproductive issue, you start there. Um, immunity. So obviously it's like a sick cycle. If you give somebody an antibiotic and then you put their gut at a disadvantage, you lower their immunity, you make it more likely that they're gonna to have to have another antibiotic, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it is a very complex organ system that definitely falls prey to the environment, um, but is responsible for a lot of things. And so when people come into the clinic, nine times out of 10, I'm able to connect at least some of their issues to gut health. So it, it's important. Um, a few other little subsets about gut health. Um, gut health can impact school behavior in, in kids. So all of these ADD, um, ADHD, or just hyperactive children, I start there. Um, and you can imagine the damage that could happen if medication gets put on top of uh, these other layered problems, um, their gut is just not gonna improve, they're not gonna become well-adjusted adults, they're most likely gonna stay on medication. Um, we know that they graduate from high school and college less than their peers who are not on medication, it just becomes like a cyclical thing. Um, it is very, very um, impactful on anxiety and depression, so think of the same thing. You go to a doctor, normally they're going to prescribe you a medication. It's going to make the situation even worse. Um, I can go down the line with like eczema and steroids or acne and, you know, all of the topical and oral medications they give for those things. Um, and then there's this big, huge, huge epidemic of autoimmune issues. Um, and a lot of times, you know, people will come to me on five and six different medications for all of their autoimmune issues because they're treating them symptomatically and trying to just get the best quality of life they can. Um, but they're layering the problem again um, because if you're adding injury to the gall, to the gut, then it's just the, the situation and the problem is just going to um, perpetuate and keep on getting worse. Um, not only because they're not addressing the real problem, but because they're further, further damaging it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I do think that even like a big nugget of the problem is the fact that we're all walking around pretty malnourished. Um, because if our gut wall is angry and, and we are lacking the commensal bacteria, um, we cannot even digest and absorb our food. So good food might be going in it is possible that it's not being absorbed. 
um, I had this really sweet couple come um, to our clinic. They were farmers. And um, they hadn't been farmers or on like a clean lifestyle all their life. So I do think that there was some gut issues before they like made that lifestyle change. Um, but they ate from the ground every single day. And when I did their, all their vitamin and mineral level tests, I was shocked how low they were. I was just, just dumbfounded. I was like, how could this possibly be? Well, we delve, delve a little deeper into what was going on and their gut wasn't absorbing anything. Um, so it is definitely, um, a problem that needs addressed. And I think every person, unfortunately, in the United States needs to, on some level, address it. Um, so I think, I think that's even partly why it might be my favorite topic because it is, it lends itself to much, almost every patient um, situation. And they're showing more and more that your gut profile and your gut health begins in utero. And that begins with your mom, um, even what she has for commensal bacteria or what she doesn't have, um, and then nutrition um, during pregnancy. So it's, I know it's kind of like, I've been, I've, I've had several pregnancies. And at this point, I'm like, man, it's the time where you just like, Oh, sometimes self-control goes out the window because you're so uncomfortable. And it's like, that's the time where you need to be the most selfless because, you know, everything you're Hard. eating and taking in is going to baby and um, really determining their future to a great degree. Um, and we're talking about whether they have anxiety or depression, whether they're overweight, whether they think well, whether they, like even IQ, um, school behavior, autoimmune, all of those things. Um, so no pressure mamas out there who are pregnant. <laughs> I'm having a little mom guilt over here. Right. I do too. Right. Cause you learn, you learn and it's kind of our poor firstborns, right. You know, on them. and by that second one, you're like, Oh, I wish I had known that. And by the time the third and the fourth comes around, you just feel really guilty. Um, but it's got to move on and do your best with what you know. Now that's all you're responsible for. So. Yeah. Um, so we, we do a lot with managing the crisis when people come in and that's really, um, the, the work that I love the most is picking apart everybody's puzzle because everybody's puzzle is going to be different. Um, and my gosh, there is no cookie cutter approach to the gut. Um, so I definitely start with asking several questions. Um, and um, then we start managing the crisis little by little. It's like, it's like peeling away layers of an onion. It, it can go deep. Um, and all the while trying to like honor people's budgets, you know, and, and, you know, some of these tests, well, I would say most of the healthful tests are not covered by insurance, which, you know, as a provider, some days I just want to bang my head against the wall. Um, but insurance is slowly waking up to the the impact and helpfulness of some of these tests and starting to cover them um so i'm hopeful um i really love it when people have an hsa because then they can have a little bit more um freedom to to you know get the tests that are going to be helpful for them so yeah how much does a test generally run? Like, I know um, it, it really depends on what we're testing for. So like if we're doing food allergy sensitivity, I tell people to budget about $90. And we work with a really great company um, right in our backyard, Franklin, um, that is called Allometrics. I love them. I've used them for five years. Um, I do not get false positives with them. And they're just very, very friendly. I've gone out and seen the lab several times. Um, and they take great pride in their work. Um, so that one I say, start there. Um, they hold the sample for two more weeks after that. And if, you know, a set of parents go, Oh, they were, you know, sensitive to peanut and almond. Could I add cashew to that? We're able to do that without, you know, testing that child or adult again. Um, so that's nice. Um, and it's $5 per food, but if you do 20 foods, that's, $100, you know, so it, yeah. it adds up. So I just tell people, let's just start with the top 12. Um, the Genova stool test um, does sometimes get covered by insurance, but if it's self-pay, it is a doozy. It's like 400 bucks. So that one's, that one, I kind of, 
I kind of do that one um, only when necessary. They also were kind enough to break up the tests into sections. So sometimes if I'm just looking for parasites, I can just do that part. Or if I'm looking just for yeast, I can do just that part. Um, but the whole test itself, I feel like is a little bit like cheating because it tells you every single thing about your gut. Like it's, it's pretty phenomenal and very comprehensive. So I, I do like it if we just cannot figure out what's going on with a patient, um, which is actually kind of on the rare side. Normally if they give us a good history, we can, we can figure it out. Um, Great Plains has some that range anywhere from 150 also to, you know, closer to 350. So uh, I would say the average test that we do is anywhere from 150 to 300. So not cheap. And I tell people, save your pennies. Um, we don't have to do all of this at once. But it is a good investment. You know, it is, it's investing in long-term health. And I think most people are going to pay way more than that for doctor's visits and medications and time away from work and um, just the anxiety of not knowing what's going on with their bodies. So if you think in terms of that, I do think that, like I said, it's a good investment. Yeah. And it probably saves you time and money in the long run. By getting yeah, I think it does. It's just, you know, that initial price tag is a little, it's like, Ooh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot that hurts. And I feel it because, um, you know, uh, I am, our family is on a very strict budget as well. And so anytime I'm recommending these things, I, I do think about that person um, and their financial situation. Like I said, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. So sometimes, um, sometimes we try to like work around the test and do things that kind of stimulate the test. Um, I'm also thinking about the demographic that we serve in the communities abroad. Um, so like with the, with the, the Global Outreach Development International, um, we serve in India, uh, Africa, uh, the Philippines, Latin America. And so like they are definitely not going to have access to these tests. And so sometimes it's a good exercise for me um, to kind of figure out like how can we how can we work around this not only for our friends abroad but obviously our patients here um, and I think I think it's going to become more and more necessary um, to to rely on like your patient time versus some of these fancy tests because you know the climate is changing <laughs> in this country and um, I'm not going to throw a bunch of fear out there today, but um, I do think about that often. I'm like, I need, I need to get really good at assessing this or this without imaging and without tests. And it's kind of a goal of mine to, to just get really good at just working with the person and their body. Um, so, yeah. Well, and the more people you see, the better you get hunting. Those yeah, things. I think so too. Or like you recognize a pattern um, and patterns have a pro and a con to them. Um, the pro meaning like, oh, I've seen that before. But sometimes like the pattern can mislead you and you can think you saw that before, but it really was something else. And something that is really, you know, ingrained in me is um, listening to their whole story. And yes, that takes more time. Um, and that might mean listening to their story two or three times. Like that first time, I didn't hear it correctly. So it means I have to hear it again. Um, and I'm very willing to do that. It does take, does take time. Um, but it's part of the process. And um, I think that's where good healthcare um, finds its legs is listening to the, listening to the patient, listening to their whole story. Um, and listening also like, to mom when she's telling you something about her child. Um, they were like, they were a unit <laughs> for a very long time. And even after birth, they're a unit. And there's something like God given, God placed there um, that we cannot look at through a microscope and cannot be tested, but there is a connection. And my gosh, if you don't listen to a mom, you're going to be sorry. And so Lots of holy fear there for me for that mother-child connection. And yes, you know, dads do have some of that as well. Um, but I think even they would agree that moms have it to a stronger degree. Um, so you got to listen. You got to like your ears are your best tool. Um, so, mm-hmm. 
mamas catch things and they know when something's a little off. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, I've never been sorry. Like even when it was like, nah, this pattern isn't, isn't leading us this way, but mom had a hunch, like <laughs> just always right. So, um, I, I, I love, um, obviously I'm, I'm big into including every patient in their own care. And so I think that's also what kind of makes us a little bit unique too, is that we want that. We want that patient um, interaction and we want them to be involved even in the decision-making process. So sometimes it might be, we might have, the problem might be clear and, but we have a door one, two and three to choose from. And we talk it out. Like here's the pro and con of door number one. Here's the pro and con of door number two and then three. And, that can take a long time. That's a long conversation. Um, but in the end, like if people choose their path and, and their journey, it, the outcome is so much better. Um, what's the point of me telling them to go through door number one if it's not going to be conducive for them, you know? And um, compliance. You know, I always feel like doctors talk about noncompliance, noncompliance. And I'm like, well, did you include the patient in that conversation? <laughs> Like at all? Did you see if it was like realistic for them? Um, you know, was it something they were financially able to do? Time-wise, were they able to do? Um, did they even have like the skills, like cognitive skills, or um, you know, how were they even developed? Or culture? All those things that play into you know this term that we call compliance. I don't know. I'll get off my soapbox, but. I do really think that it's important to, to involve the patient and um, all of our, all of our workers here get that. So I think you're right. They get better buy-in and compliance when they can control some aspect of their care. Yeah. They so in it. Well, I mean, and even they know what they can do and what they can't do. What they want. You know? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, um, I ask patients like, okay, this was the care plan last time. What were you able to do? What was too hard? And I, I always tell them, I'm not here to like wag my finger at you or tell you I want you to do it a specific way. I'm here to help you to figure out like what's gonna what's gonna be most doable for you. Um, and obviously, I don't ever lie to them. I'm like, this probably would be like the better option. Yeah. But, you know, you have to take people in their situation of life. Do I prescribe um, anxiety meds? I do. Do I like to do that? No. But I would be a hypocrite if I um, thought that everybody could all the time you know, do you have what, what it takes to stay off of them? Um, and I normally tell people, you know, in this particular season, I don't know that you're going to be able to do all the lifestyle things. Um, but you might in the spring. So let's like timestamp how long we're going to keep you on this. Let's make an appointment for this time. And then after this like rough patch is done, let's actively work towards getting you off of this. And so, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. Otherwise, um, yeah, your care is just not going to be effective. So I love that too. And you have like a working plan going forward. Mm -hmm. This is where you are right now, but let's get you to this optimal level later. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in the meantime, obviously we don't do it. It's not like we don't do anything with them. We'll be working on gut health and um, trying to get supplements into them or even, uh, IVs or, you know, like you said, working towards a time where we can get you off of this because your body has what it needs. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's the, that's where the integrative part comes in, right? Where, um, we, we use all of these natural modalities, but we use medication when we, we need it sparingly. I mean, it's not my first go-to. It's not the first thing I reach for, um, but we do have that capability. And I think, I think that is part of the draw too, because yeah, sometimes kids do get pneumonia and sometimes you do need to put them on an antibiotic and sometimes they do need a chest x-ray, but then you can put them on glutathione to help detox them. You know, so it's like the whole conversation happens um, where we shake hands with modern medicine and integrative medicine and um I'm not here to like demonize any sort of modality. Um, that would be arrogant 
so um, I stay pretty open. And obviously the goal is to cause the least amount of harm and to help people move to a place of, of health. And so there's not going to be one way for every single person, um, which obviously brings me back full circle to listening to the whole story. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to change direction. I know your time is limited, so I'm going to kind of start our wrap up. Um, work, work with any other providers or specialties. Yeah. Um, so we, um, our other nurse practitioner here is Darby Sangre. Um, boy, did I pray and look for her for so long. Um, her, her journey here was so, um, miraculous. I had kind of given up. I was pregnant. Um, I was like, good Lord, you know, I need a maternity leave. Um, and I just kept interviewing person after person after person. And you know, she was the only one who sent me a, a paper resume in the mail. Um, and, uh, I received that letter and, uh, one of my medical assistants, Julie Carpenter, like rushed it to me the moment she got it. She's like, Jamie, you got to read this right now. You got to read this. And like, I read through everything, her heart, um, her heart for God, her heart for patients, um, her experience, uh, what she hoped for in a job. And it literally was every single thing I had prayed for, like to a T to the point where I was like, could she maybe just like love people in other countries and maybe like maybe like another language and she's a fluent in Spanish so like our Hispanic demographic um I speak Spanish to them and so does Darby um so it's like you know that 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 is continued from provider to provider no matter who they see um recently we were able to go to El Salvador together and that was just such a special time um and we knocked it out of the park serving people it, we were just so, so happy. And so she is probably the most energetic, positive <laughs> um, person you will ever meet. And boy, does she love patients. And so that more than like her skill set was important to me, but like more so her um, patience and empathy and willing to listen. Like I needed to find somebody like that. And when I found her, I was just like, oh. Thank you, God. This is what we needed. And our patients, our patients are used to that, you know? And so um, they were going to be the biggest test, whether, you know, this was a good fit. And they love her. They love her. Part so. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so now in your new building, there's some other providers, too. You were telling me. Yes. Um, so there is uh, Dr. Jenny Archer, um, who um, does a PT, um, and she's specializes specifically in women's health and pelvic floor and don't get me going, but every postpartum woman needs an evaluation. Don't get me going. <laughs> yeah, don't get you going. That's just like, that's your mantra. That's your thing. Um, there's also uh, Nova Birth Services. And they are, I think, one of the longest standing um, birth services in Nashville right now. Um, and they're amazing. They, um, I've had them for several of my births and I just can't say enough. Um, they also provide doula services. So say like you're um, wanting more of a hospital birth environment, but you want that doula there. Um, they do do that. Um, but they are some of the most caring women and I'm honored to call them my friends. What's wonderful is that oftentimes we have, you know, patients birth with them and then, you know, they have their postpartum visit with them and they walk down the hall and then they see us and it's just comprehensive care. Um, we also have Soma Wellness here and I cannot say enough about Kim Ownby. Um, she is really, um, digging into a specialty called ELT, which is amazing for lymphatic drainage. Um, and really, really important. The lymph system is just so vital when it comes to our immunity. And, um, you know, I know this is like a buzzword, but cancer is like a big topic on a lot of people's minds. Um, majority of us do have what we call oncogenic cells in us. It just means cells that, um, kind of malfunctioned and our, but our lymph system is the system that like 
literally flushes those out of our body um, and bathes the organs that, that do that work of detoxifying us. And so I think she's like one of two therapists in the area. Um, and I'm just so, just so thrilled that she's in the building. Um, I've seen people who have huge lymph nodes on their neck and I, you know, I do the imaging and I do the testing to see like what's causing this. But then I've sent them down to Kim and she's done her therapy and literally it's, it's gone. Um, so having her here, um, just being able to shake hands with all those women and, a um, you know, professional level and even being able to walk a patient, you know, down to the next uh, room and say, okay, now this is the therapy that you need, or, you know, down to our IV rooms or um, back to Nova Birth Services, or here, you just had a baby, let's go over to Jenny Archer. It's wonderful. And so the, we are calling this, it is in the Hermitage Medical Plaza, but this collaboration of professionals, we're calling it, um, the Nashville Center for Integrative Health and really creating like a, you know, um, a group of like-minded practitioners who are all, all working together for family health. So, yeah. That's what we need. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, I keep saying this about the podcast, but that's why I created the podcast so we can connect other providers to each other and to the public. So people know right. who's out there and who can help them. Yeah. I mean, the networking thing, like when you're seeing patients all day, it's, it can be difficult, but I've, I have been doing more of that in this last year and it has been so rewarding to just meet like-minded professionals because we really do need to stick together and band together. And oh my gosh, it is so wonderful to have a Rolodex of numbers to call and be like, this is your specialty. Like, what would you advise? Because my gosh, if any of us get such a big head that to think <laughs> we can handle it all, then A, we're going to burn out <laughs> and B, we might be a little psychotic and you shouldn't come to us. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I do think that um, being able to link arms with professionals is, is um, so needed and so necessary and such a blessing. So I love what you're doing too. Um, and this podcast is very special. So yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it has to be a collaborative effort and there's more than enough work for all of us. Yes. I, mean, I can't see all the women's health patients in Nashville. I just can't do it. There's not enough of me to go around. And like you, I have a right. who I want to spend time with. So there has to be the right. Jenny Archers out there or there Kelly Ehlers. There's other women's health PTs who do what I do. And there, there has to be, I can't do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, I feel that I feel that so strongly and it's, I'm always so like pleased when I find someone that, is like-minded in another specialty because I'm like, ah, there's something else I can like, I can release that section of my brain. And, um, and you know, it's impossible to get experience in every single thing. So, um, and that's really what gives you kind of the edge is the experience. So. And I think when I started practicing, I wanted to do it all. You know, I wanted to be right. like all trades. And then I realized I'm not doing anything well. I have to focus. And right. you do dig yourself you into a rabbit hole and you go deeper and deeper. <laughs> You can, you can. And I've had to say no to some really good things. And I've tried to say no to some other things that just didn't go away. Yeah. I, I do uh, tongue revisions now, and that is not something I saw myself doing or wanted to do. Um, but I had a lactation consultant that said, um, her, her, she's with Hope Breastfeeding. Her name's Jane Kershaw, and she's just amazing. Um, but she, uh, she, <laughs> It's like, Jamie, you know, doctors used to, you know, pediatricians and doctors, when the babies came in for their first visit, like, they would do tongue revisions all the time. I was like, that's nice, not me. Um, <laughs> good thought, but I am not doing that. And she goes, no, you're going to do it. Like, she literally told me what to do. Um, and with Jane, it's kind of a, when she says jump, you say how high. But I was, I was trying to resist it because it just wasn't something I... I don't know, clipping baby's tongues. I, I just was like, I'm not, not going to do that. Um, but she set me up with uh, Dr. Campbell, who is this just wonderful, um, wise, uh, she works in NICUs. 
and um, but she started clipping NICU babies' tongues so that they could um, breastfeed and really survive. So I mean, she just she saved babies' lives um, because of what she's done. And uh, Jane was like, "You're gonna you're gonna go with her," and I was like, "I really don't want to, Jane." And then Dr. Campbell called. She's like, "You're gonna show up at this time here, and you're gonna do it." And so. I did an internship with her for an entire year. She didn't charge me anything um, because she just felt so strongly that this was a need. Um, and you know, when, when you have people like that who are like, look at this need, <laughs> this need needs you and here's the way. And, um, I, you know, obviously I prayed about it and I felt like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so now I do it and I've been doing it for a while now. And, um, on my birthday, which is New Year's Eve, I had I had a follow up with a patient, and she just started crying, telling me how like much better it felt that she, you know, was feeling guilty because she hadn't wanted to feed her baby before because it was painful, um, and just letting me know like how thankful she was. That was the best birthday present ever. I was like, I'm done, best day ever, you know, and so. Sometimes it's funny the things that we find ourselves in. We we didn't plan on it, um, but you have to. Yes, you have to focus, but you also have to have an open heart. And um, I felt like that was one of the scenarios where I had to had to keep my heart open, and I'm glad I did. So. Yeah, I think sometimes our patients they keep coming to us with the same questions or the same needs, and it leads us down our path and that we're not expecting, like you said. Right. Yeah, I think I definitely had like a list. I'm like, I'm going to go get this training. I'm going to go get this training. I'm going to go get this training. And then I just tore that list up and threw it out the window as patients are like, I need this. I need this. And obviously I'm people centered and people focused. And so obviously this isn't, you know, any additional training isn't going to be for myself or my ego or even just to tickle whatever right. that curiosity was in my brain. It is definitely when there's a need present, um, that's, that's how, um, that's where I go. That's great. And it's an issue near and dear to my heart. I think I've told the audience before my third had a tongue tie. And, oh. Yeah. And it was hard. It was the hardest decision, I think, to date as a mom I've had to make. And we did the revision and I was able to nurse without crying and clawing the carpet. And, I, you know, she was yes. able to gain weight. Like it made such a significant difference in everything. Yes. So. And it's not for everybody. I think I play devil's advocate in those consults where I try to consider every other way yeah. <laughs> possible. Um, but when it when it's when it's clear and when it seems right, and really when the patients have dad have to make the decision, um, that's when I feel feel good about it. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Please tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to reach out. Okay. So, um, <laughs> well, you can do the old fashioned thing and pick up the phone <laughs> and call, call us. Our number is 615-933-3633. Uh, we are located, like I said, in the Hermitage Medical Plaza and then um, second floor and we are part of the like I said the Nashville uh, Center for Integrative Health um, you can also follow us on Instagram at least recently just revved up that engine and um, realizing how much I love to educate and so <laughs> I I uh, this, these are the things I say every day all day and so um, I pick a topic and I go with it and uh, I've had such a warm welcome from the social media um platform that it it kind of puts a little wind under my sails to keep doing it because it does take some time mm -hmm. so we are hopewell family care and i can just look up that handle and give us a follow if they want to we also have a website and that is www.hopewellfamilycare.com and there is a blog on there um that has longer snippets of information um, so yeah, those are so the, those are some of the um, ways that they can get a hold of us. We do have email as well, but um, I would encourage to use those first three modalities that I I said first. Yeah. And if y'all aren't following her on Instagram, please do so. It's just every day your stories are chock full of good information. 
for everybody. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I, I keep like submitting myself to the experiments I'm telling other people to do. And so then it, then it's like, Oh, I would want to know this. And so then I like, what are the symptoms of candida, you know, die off. And so then I'll post that cause I'm going through it and I'm like, people probably would like to know this. And then even just, you know, the, like, Today I have uh, my lemon apple cider vinegar water again. Uh, so I basically post what I'm going through too, and I think it makes it more relevant it um, to people. So it makes it's a real person, you know. Yeah, I make myself laugh. I like I, I, I rewatch sometimes some things. I'm like, oh, I said that or I posted that, but okay, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> It goes away in 24 hours. <laughs> it goes away in 24 hours. That is the safety net. I, I, okay, any parting words of wisdom for our audience? Anything you want to leave them with? Um, you know, you should, you should choose a medical provider that is going to work for you. Mm. Um, and if they aren't listening to you, um, that is, that's just a huge problem. Because I know that not every medical institution is maybe going to teach everything integrative, but I sure do know that they do teach you to listen to your patient. It is the very first thing that you learn, how to take a history. Um, and so they've got the building blocks to do the right thing. Um, I think it's time constraints and then maybe... I don't know. I don't want to say lack of ethics because I want to have faith in, in the medical peers around me. Mm -hmm. But I do think that if, if your, your provider isn't listening to you, you should give them a chance and even tell them that say, Hey, I don't, I don't think you're listening to me. Um, but then if you know, you're met with resistance there, then I would say maybe move on. And that's hard for me to say. I don't, I don't, I do, I do want to have faith in all of the doctors and I know it's such a hard job. It's such a hard job. Um, but yeah, we work for you. We're, we're the servant. Um, it's not like we're in this high place and you're in this low place. Um, it's actually quite the opposite. We're supposed to be washing your feet. And so if you don't feel that, I would say know that it's out there. If you look for it hard enough, um, and I, I do want to encourage everybody who is on a healthcare journey. Like if you just continue, you, you're only responsible for putting one foot in front of the other today. And so just like, keep doing that. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Be persistent. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. Um, health is out there. You can find it. Um, it is like a treasure. Once you do find it, um, but it, it's there. So keep looking, keep striving, um, and know we're rooting for you. Yeah. Awesome. I couldn't have said yeah. anything better right there. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, listeners, please go check her out. I will post all of her information in the show notes. Um, but yeah, go follow her on Instagram too. You'll get a lot of information. So thank you so much. For thank you, Amy. Appreciate it.